0: Like a new litter of puppies that you have to house train. That's kind yeah. of what a new group of kids is like. Because break? <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of these kids... In Korea, uh, kindergarten isn't mandatory. So a lot of these kids have never been in a classroom before. I had some kids at the beginning of this school year who were barely functional as humans. <laughs> like, didn't know how to ask to go to the bathroom, didn't really know if they needed to go to the bathroom when they actually did. And so, you know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I
1: was going to say a lot of them might not have been out and doing shit due to COVID, but like that hasn't been as bad for you over there, right? Like schools shut down for a while, but not as long as they did up here.
0: That's right. And so like there was a, a kind of rotating Zoom hybrid model happening for the upper grades. But first grade, they were in, the classroom every single day for the year except on like special occasions like the day Mm. before holiday we would have a quick zoom class and be like all right go off into the wild and be your parents problem for a month but (laughs) just just to lessen the risk
1: of potentially you know taking it home or whatever
0: yeah and the and weirdly the the covid spikes in korea have always seemed to match holiday time i don't know how that worked but it did so
1: whenever i mean that's what's happened up here too is and in the us as well is like every time there's yeah every time there's a holiday there's a huge fucking spike in cases yeah. just after
0: yeah ours is weird like it's always been a little bit before the cases start to rise like omicron started <laughs> just settling into korea right before the lunar new year holiday which is the highest travel holiday in korea and right. then at now we're at 36,000 cases a day which is the highest it's ever been in korea so yeah yeah. it is just weird timing because i don't know it's just weird anyway that's life in korea now so it's life everywhere now everywhere Uh, yeah you guys ready to go yeah
1: all right let's do this shit then welcome back everybody to dance robot dance this is the 288th episode of our weekly podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view I am Tim coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. I'm going to be hosting this week's episode back from a sojourn to Florida, COVID-riddled Florida. With me, I have Mark, my from my longtime co-host coming to me from St. Catharines. How's it going, everybody? And we have a returning Paul who was just here last week, so he hasn't been gone very long, but I haven't yeah. talked to him in a while. <laughs>
0: yeah, how's it going? Hey, hey, y'all. Yeah.
1: Paul coming to us from Seoul, South Korea. So yeah, how have you guys been?
0: Good, you know (laughs) holidays and all All that All things considered all things considered you know we have the the omicron thing is really putting a damper on my ability to go outside but you know it's it is what it is
1: we're we're riding the tail end of our omicron wave in canada right now and so
0: so you've already been through it okay
1: yeah. yeah now we're now we're just having to deal with or i'm probably going to have to deal with fucking like Asshole truck convoys in my city for the foreseeable future.
0: Ew. Yeah. Gross. What? Ew. That, that shit is just dumb and so stupid. Quote unquote
1: freedom convoys.
0: Oh, I don't di- no. <coughs> flu That's trucks cool. clan, I think I saw. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. The flu trucks clan. Flu yeah. trucks clan. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, anyways, let's go ahead and get into the nerdy news for the week. Unfortunately, I do have to start with a little bad news for the comic book world, which was that longtime DC comics writer and editor, Brian Augustine passed away a few days ago as we we're recording this. Uh, he was just, his name was all over all sorts of shit in like the late eighties through like the late nineties in DC, you know, Batman books, justice league, flash, wonder woman. He wrote Gotham by gaslight, which is one of the like best known sort of else worlds, Batman stories, like Mignola penciled Elseworlds story actually. So, yep. He wrote a long run on The Flash with Mark Wade. He yep. wrote uh, JLA Year One as well, which kind of like rebooted uh, the, the origin of the JLA. So, done a ton. I mean, did, he did shit for Marvel and for other companies as well. So, he was just a, a big, big name in comics. And he apparently had a number or a, uh, yeah, I think a series of strokes that just really sudden. And so, damn, that is unfortunate. Yep. The next thing that I had, uh, because it's me, I'm going to put this at the, you know, penultimate topic for the news this week, is that we finally got a bunch of promotional posters for the Amazon Lord of the Rings series, Rings of Power. There's 23 of them, and they show, without naming characters, they show basically a bunch of, like, just sort of the mid-portion of the body. So, like, torso and hands often holding something, a sword or weapon or something else.
2: Wait, there was 23 of those? I, I swore I, I clicked through like six and then they just started repeating themselves, but there's 23?
1: <laughs> there's some that do look somewhat similar, but uh, yeah, there are 23 total. And they. the thing that really struck me with them is the the range and diversity. Like we already knew they had cast pretty diversely, but mm-hmm. you, know, you can really see here that it looks like they're going to feature characters from sort of all tiers of Middle-earth society. It's not just going to be like, you know, the high elves and shit and, you know, having elven drama. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be some like lower class like men. There's clearly some Rokirum people in here and probably it just sounds like another and... one of
2: these fantasy shows that has 5000 main characters that I got to keep track of. And I'm going to like, I'm going to know the actual names of about three of them by the end of the run of the show.
1: That's one of the big frustrations people have had, is that they they haven't fucking given us names for most of these characters yet. So people are just...
2: Incidentally, my number one complaint in our topic of the evening, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> there you go. Game of Thrones Syndrome. is these giant fantasy shows with five trillion characters that I gotta keep track of that I don't give a shit about. I've been
1: fucking having trouble with that even watching The Expanse. Like, there's so many characters. I was gonna say, Expanse, even yeah, The Expanse like, got a little busy there, too. I don't know, yeah. I don't, like, there's, like, 18 fucking dudes who I can't <laughs> understand because they're all speaking like, Delta, or, uh... Delta, yeah. Or, uh, uh, What was it? Creole. They call it Creole. Creole. Yeah, Delta yeah. Creole and shit. And yeah, so I'm like, Anyways, we will get to that later, but yeah.
0: Yeah, the posters it, it, are pretty. I look, mean, I'm looking, looking at them now. At, yeah,
2: like obviously Amazon has spent like a, a small, like actually a large country's GDP to produce this show.
1: <laughs> yeah, production so, like, quality is very high, and uh, Weta actually finally posted on their website that they uh, have been doing work on this series, which they had not. It'd been he- heavily rumored because they're filming in, Australia, in New Zealand. Why the fuck wouldn't Weta be involved? But now it's official that Weta has been working on it as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool like, little bits of design. The one that everybody's really latched on to is one of the Elven characters that's clearly holding a dagger that has the two trees of Valinor on it, um, mm-hmm. Laurel and Telperion, which you can also see in that one big landscape image that they shared. But the buildup that I'm seeing or the the response I'm seeing across the fandom, it ranges from like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Give it, give it to me more. And then the people that are, like, it comes out in, like, seven months and we haven't seen a fucking trailer yet. Kind of, like, or even a teaser kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so. they're really, if it's a slow burn, it's like, because me, like, I'm looking at them now. And to me, yeah, that dagger one really stands out. But there's also, there's only one dwarf character. I only see one hammer. Yeah. And so... The, so you see that dwarf
1: character with the hammer. There's gold dust on the fingers. If you go yeah, to, I think maybe like the next one after that. I don't know exactly what order you're looking at them in, but yeah, there's another. There's a dark skin character that also has gold dust on the fingers, and oh. that they're saying now that that one's probably also a dwarf as
0: well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, you know, it's intriguing. Um, it's a, a little bit. Um, baffling in terms of marketing strategy. Like it would be nice to given that this is supposed to be a an established thing, you would at least think that they would reveal who the known characters are. Like we have an idea of like who's gonna be playing Sauron or whatever, but like give us p- p- some people actually have read The Silmarillion. I mean, not many people have read yeah. the Silmarillion, but people have read The Silmarillion. And it's so, not even, like
1: it's, it's- it's mostly second age stuff, which means it's mostly stuff from the appendices of Lord of the Rings, the really all first age stuff. Yeah. So there, yeah. So, it, but yeah, I mean, there's probably more people that have read the appendices of Lord of the Rings than have read the fucking Summer so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it would be like, just throw us a bone and give us the characters that might've been named in the appendices, the brand new characters who gives a shit, really like they're the, It's up to the show's first episode for us to, for them to make us care about that. But like, if you want to entice the viewers, which honestly, I'm not that I'm a Lord of the Rings fan and I'm not that enticed by this because like Mark said, there's been a glut of fantasy where I'm like, like wheel of time where it's just like, there's 12 Mm -hmm. characters that, and all of them are important and you have to care about them. And then I'm like, I don't remember any of their names yeah, except for (laughs) Rosamund Pike and, well, you, you recognize with. you recognize the actors that you recognize from other stuff, and that's yeah. basically it. So, like, yeah. oh yeah. man, the way that those like British actors from TV blur together, unless I've oh, seen them on God. Doctor Who, like well, so they,
2: were, they were on Game of Thrones, and then they were on Doctor Who, and then they've been on like some other Torchwood. British thing, <laughs> well, not even Torchwood, but like, like uh, what was the one that he did, uh, not the tenant did, that's like. Like, Broad Church,
0: Broad Church. Yeah. But then yeah. they're also Broadchurch the Broad
2: Church. too so you see yeah. them in like weird spots. It's all kind of Britishy TV. Mm-hmm. And, like they show up in the Expanse because they flew over to Toronto for a weekend or whatever. Like yeah Yeah, random like British actors that show up in Canadian productions and stuff. I don't know,
0: whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like I I I need a little bit more before I'm gonna say, oh, I'm definitely in to watch this show. Like I need it once the trailer comes out, I'll make my decision. But this is, I know I'm fucked. Like I gotta watch it for this. (laughs) So yeah.
1: Well, when we when it does finally come out in September, you know, we'll obviously we'll watch it. We'll have Alicia, my my Tolkien scholar wife, and she will go on a whole diatribe about how she thinks the marketing for this has been totally fucking botched. So sweet. That means
2: I'll barely have to talk
1: that episode. One of my favorites.
2: <laughs> so, are they are, have they announced how they're releasing this? Is it because it, like Amazon does day and date, right? Like they do all all their episodes. Because like we just came out all ten episodes. I'm pretty sure.
1: Today. Yeah, why well, yeah, most of the well, no, because the sixth season of The Expanse was that all like just dropped all at once too, or was that? I think no, that, that, was that was week to week. week
2: but that was uh, that was already a TV show that they were doing week to week. So I'm not sure if they just kept yeah. that week to week style because that's what it was. But like I said, Creature just popped as like a whole season, so I don't know. Yeah. And didn't the boys also pop as a whole season? Boys yes. and Invincible both popped as like
1: <laughs> no, Boys was seasons, week right? to week, wasn't it? Wasn't pretty uh, sure see, Boys has been week to week.
2: See, now I'm confused. Like like. Disney does the week to week, Netflix does all at once. No, you know what? You're right. They were doing week to week because they were like it keeps social media engagement high going
1: week to week. I think I think the big the the big budget stuff they generally do week to week to keep, you know, to keep the buzz up and that kind of thing between episodes. That makes so, sense. Okay, fair enough, yeah. So yeah. For some reason I thought Creature came out like all at once. Creature may have, but I don't think that's, you know, their fucking like high budget shit, right? Like that's Know, know. Mid, mid-budget action kind of shit. That's
2: all I'm getting advertised right now at me, like, well, everywhere is everywhere that show. Continue. So, yeah.
1: We got a, a casting notice for that puzzling Madam Web movie and the Dakota Johnson is apparently going to play oh, Madam oh, Web. Oh,
0: God.
2: Apparently it's, like, new Madam Web 2, like, technically. So, I guess it's not, like, the old Madam Web we're all thinking about from the cartoon. It's, like, the current Madam Web from continuity who I've never seen in a comic book yet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I, you that know. totally changes things, Mark. Now yeah. I'm super excited for this movie. Now that it's Madame Webb the second. But
2: that's the fucking point. Is like, uh, who cares? And like, <laughs> and also like, if you're gonna hire an actress to play them, maybe make it an actress that people like actually know who they are and give a shit about. It would be a draw. Yeah. Who is this person? Uh, she's she she's, a, she's looks The, the Shades of Gray. Sands of
0: Gray is what Dakota Johnson oh, is best known. Because she just looks to me like budget Anne Hathaway. Yeah, well, that's kind of who she is. Mm -hmm. And let's be real, like Dakota, Dakota Johnson is not like a particularly big draw, but like she's starting to, I guess, build her profile a little bit more on like the Oscar movie side of things. So I am but I'm still very skeptical of her ability to carry a film on her own. Like she she was just in The Lost Daughter. Where she's playing against Olivia Coleman, and Olivia Coleman is eminently watchable. So, like, I'm watching that movie for her, right? So, anything with Dakota Johnson, and I'm just kind of like, oh, she was really bad in Fifty Shades, and oh, she was in the Suspiria remake. Yeah, she was terrible in that. That's what I was remembering her from. Yeah, and so
2: um, I, I wasn't know. watching Fifty Shades. Like, there's just no way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she
1: was. I totally. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't crazy about that. Uh, it wasn't very good to begin with, remake, but like she, begin was with. she was particularly noticeably not, memorable. not great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: so. Reacher yeah. is
2: the whole season. I don't know what Amazon does, so <laughs> I'm confused. Anyway. So,
0: anyway, Dakota Johnson, Madam Web. Eh. No, I would have almost preferred an old lady, honestly. Like, give me some, hmm. like, fucking, I don't know, Helen Mirren, Madam Web. They're not getting you, but they're, not, they're <laughs> yeah. not
2: getting Helen Mirren to read that script and agree
1: through the movie. <laughs> no, I yeah, exactly.
2: You know I, what I mean? It's, it's
1: <laughs> it's any I movie Helen, Helen Mirren's been doing those red movies. Oh, she's done two of those. Yeah. I mean, but like those were written by, like, I
2: know we're not supposed to say his name, but they were written by Warren Ellis, who can, you mm-hmm. know, write a script also, which most of these fucking hacks can't do anymore. And this is a Sony Spider-Man universe movie. You remember what we saw for those two better movies? Those barely, <laughs> like you barely call those movies. I barely saw yes. those moves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, give me give me the uh the Helen Mirren, Madam Webb psychodrama that I so crave. Oh, that would be that would be uh, cool. Yeah. I would I would be into that. Dakota Johnson Madam Webb is like
1: I already basically got that. It was uh Legion pretty much. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. I mean
1: very much like Marvel psychodrama kind of shit.
0: Yeah, give me more of that. I want more of that. Maybe yep. uh, multiverse of badness will be that. I don't know. But we like, totally get, well, I mean, kind.
2: Of, WandaVision was leaning into that direction, so you're yeah. probably get into there as like the X Men mm-hmm. pop up and stuff like that. Cool. And you have characters that deal with more like all the psychic characters are in the X Men, really, right? Oh. Like Emma Jean and X are all in the X Men, so they haven't yeah. got a chance to do like a ton of psychic weirdness yet in MCU stuff. Yeah, so that's basically coming down the pipe because they've lost all their like telekinetic or. Psycho- telepathic, psycho- kinetic, yeah telepathic, telepathic. Yeah, all those characters are like, yeah, locked in the mutant side. That's, that's true. Right? Yeah,
0: so. that's very true. Once Emma Frost enters the the fray, we'll exactly. be we'll be good. We'll be good to go.
1: The next thing that I had was this Star Trek Starfleet Academy show has is being sort of resurrected. Uh, it had been discussed, and then it just kind of fizzled. Like nobody heard anything for a while, and now it's happening again. And just what we need—more fucking Star Trek that is live action, and all the lo- live action Star Trek lately has just been fantastic. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep,
2: yeah, it's they 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 reannounced Section Thirty-One too, which had been kind of like yeah. they they'd stopped talking about for a little while. So, yeah, they they really are like gunning for this future where they have like a Star Trek on every week, regardless. Multiple of,
1: on some
0: weeks.
2: Yeah, multiples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well regardless of what the fan base thinks of like the quality of the shows or like I don't know who's watching I would love see this is the thing you never see the viewership numbers on any of this stuff I would love to see what the numbers of like who's actually watching this stuff yeah. at this point is because like
1: especially who's watching
0: it on paramount plus
2: well specifically like who's watching discovery that they're keep renewing
0: it? Well, I've noticed a pattern with Paramount+, Plus because another franchise that's doing the exact same thing as Star Trek is RuPaul's Drag Race, and they're both on Paramount+, Plus and mm-hmm. there's always a season of Drag Race on, no matter what. Like, it, we've got, right now we have two, we have season 14 and UK versus the world, and there's never a even a week-long break between seasons of Drag Race now. There's always, like, an all-star season coming up, or a... a international version i guess that's the way to keep your subscription
2: base like going at all times right yeah To have because like then like rupaul's drag race man i was at the dispensary today and like the cashier and the girl who was ahead of me was we're talking about rupaul's drag race yeah like directly in front of me right
0: it's one of those things like sports where like there's there's a winner and all that stuff so you like if you're out of the loop on stuff then you're you kind of lose out on the your ability to engage with the online community so people are obsessed with watching every single episode of it so if star trek wants to foster that same kind of online engagement then they might like because it's all going to build up the canon of the new canon of star trek that they're trying to make (laughs) then this is what's going to happen you're going to get new shit all the time and the quality is going to vary pretty drastically I
2: think it's easy to make because like rupaul's drag race we we basically figured out it's the same formula as raw's war which is just like the old like the the longest oldest formula of trash TV that you can possibly create right yeah yeah,
1: just get some rivalries going and yeah wind them up let them go
2: yeah exactly right so like that's the easiest kind of tv to produce like in history like catty gaze i mean no offense but like Jesus, you're it not. Wait, wait, are you it talking about itself. Raw
1: or are you talking about <laughs> 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 right, Richard, no?
2: well, Star Trek 2 right now? Actually, like yeah. the kind of discovery in a nutshell is a lot of catty gays talking to each other. Oh boy, yeah. So I don't know. It's yeah, I like, I don't know about the way Star Trek is going right now. I just strange new worlds come is coming, and like th- there's a there's a, a, a relative crossed. of Khan on the crew. Like on the bridge crew, and I'm like, why is that <sighs> happening already? <laughs> why are we? Why are we? Are we? This is season six stuff. You do, you know what I mean? Like, oh, crewman yeah. Jimmy's actually Khan's great, 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 great grandson. Oh, he's kind uh, of a fuck up. You hey, know what I mean?
0: That's, that's one of my troops that I hate. We're gonna talk about that later too. So let's oh, let's talk well, about geez.
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, small I'm, universe I, is actually I'm becoming a, a problem. I have yeah. with like all of these franchises now. Marvel, Star Wars and Star Trek, where it's, like everything just seems to be way too
1: tied together all of a sudden. Like yeah, mm, I have one that that's that's a subtrope of that for sure. Yeah.
2: But, yeah. Either way, yeah, I don't want <laughs> I can sit here and just bitch about the current state of Star Trek for like the rest of the episode, but <laughs> All See, in next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. While well, those episodes are and Tim and I will talk about them so there's that.
1: Yeah. Uh next I know we've talked a little bit about like this rumored prequel series supernatural prequel series apparently it has had a pilot ordered now the winchesters mm-hmm. that jensen ackles is going to be executive producing i don't know i didn't watch the fucking show so i'm not watching this
2: i mean i i don't even know if i'll watch it but like <laughs> good i'm glad jensen's got work going i guess i'm using the boys too next year whenever that pops up that's coming it soon so.
1: uh speaking of things that just won't fucking die the flashes get it got renewed for season nine i I'm baffled baffled <laughs> I literally, I think I dropped off early in season seven. I have like, I have the episodes. I just can't bring myself to watch them.
2: I have, I don't think I've watched anything past seasons five or six somewhere. Maybe maybe just like the crossovers. Savitar was the last villain that I followed through the whole season for. And then yeah, I did the crossovers because those are usually kind of like self-contained and fun. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the way you can kind of go and just read Justice League when you read a comic well, you know like you can go read Avengers or Justice League and yeah. all the characters are there and you don't need to know what the fuck they were doing in their main books but you can just read like a comic story where everybody yeah. gets fucked up and aliens attack and shit and you're like okay cool Justice League right great and if I want to know what Batman's up to I go read his book yeah I'm not reading Flash anymore just, like put it that way
1: <laughs> the Flash is guilty of a number of my uh, occurrences this, this evening yeah Walking Dead I-, I think I'd mentioned a while ago there's this uh, anthology walking dead series tales of the walking dead coming and they posted a bunch of casting for it and it's people there's some good names that actually makes me kind of excited for it so parker posey uh, Terry uh, cruz uh anthony edwards from way back like the PR. ER, PR, uh, yeah. er yeah, ER, yeah. Anthony edwards. he
2: was goose
1: yep this poor goose died <laughs> and jillian bell for, and then a couple others uh oh. are, are all going to be in episodes i I think that sounds cool. Like, if you can get relatively big names to come in and do like a one or two episode arc or something like that in some unexplored corner of the Walking Dead universe, then fine, I'll watch that. Get ganked, probably. A lot of them probably will. Yeah, be sick. I mean, some of them I'm sure, like you know, will end up getting folded into the main series. Like, if it's a you know, if the character ends up becoming really popular, they'll spin it off or like you know, put it into Fear the Walking Dead, not uh, Walking Dead because Walking Dead's dead. After this next season. So,
2: but it's also just fun to like kill Nathan Fillion in the first act of your movie, right? This is true. Yes. <laughs> so. Suicide
1: Squad. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> the next one I had, I didn't actually, oh, I think this is the last thing I had. I didn't actually watch this yet, but we got a trailer for that animated spin off of The Boys Diabolical. I'm assuming Mark has watched this. I have not. I didn't even see that it came mm-hmm.
2: out. Where did, like, where did this hit? I 09?
1: Yeah. it's It came out a few days ago, Wednesday. Um, yeah. It looks, fucking bonkers it's it's like a hamburger place ad that has multiple versions of homelander making out with himself which is on brand mm. yes it looks suitably bonkers for the boys universe so
2: that's fair i'm looking forward to the, that show itself coming back at this point yeah. like i know they've got tons and tons of spinoffs planned but i would like the main show to just come back at this point i think yeah, yeah.
0: It is because the expanse is done the boys yes. is kind of the one Amazon show that I can think of that people are really. You don't think for. the real time
1: really, it really caught on there.
0: Uh, hey, I made it to episode <laughs> six of the first season and we just, Jihoon and I just never talked about watching it again. We just kind of <laughs> just didn't care to continue.
1: <laughs> I know. I don't like know that I have real fans in my friend group, but I'm like, I'm connected tangentially to people that are like huge fucking fans of Wheel of Time and uh-huh. even they are not like singing its praises. They're conspicuously uh-huh. quiet about it, let's say. Is
2: Yellowstone a Amazon exclusive show?
1: Yellowstone or Yellow Jackets?
2: Yellowstone. Because if Yellowstone is, then every old person I know is watching this show. Like yeah, I it's see like, tons it's of buzz the... about that
1: it's, That's Boomer Gen X like fucking gold. Well it's it's fucked uh
2: Shitty Robin Hood. Uh, Kevin Costner. I fucking Costner. hate Kevin Costner. Uh, my, Kevin Costner. My least favorite actor in the history of the universe, Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner is the lead. I just can't watch it because I fucking hate Kevin Costner. Like, I've never liked him in anything. Like Dances, it is,
1: dances you know, with the Last is,
2: Mohicans, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all those oh. movies he did. The Postman, whatever. Water World. Water, Water I mean, Water, World. World. I, mean, Water World, I still want my 8 freaking 50 back for Water World. <laughs> Yeah. that piece of shit I,
0: I paid to see that movie in a movie theater how what? dare you besmirch the the cinematic what? universe of Kevin Costner and uh, the bodyguard or something <laughs> I don't know I don't even remember seeing that movie I know he's I must have but I've never seen it. I, I, I mean I like even Whitney Houston fans didn't watch that movie so but they all bought the soundtrack because I will always love you was on it anyway point being Kevin Costner is yeah terrible yeah he's <laughs> Kevin kidding. Costner
1: uh, but I, that was all that I had for news this week. Did I miss anything, guys? Not that I am cognizant of. No. All right. And we can move on to our... Geek of the Week! Geek of the Week! So nice to have help on the things. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> this is a segment where we describe the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. Let's go to Paul first. What is your Geek of the
0: Week? Well, I guess it would have to be... Hmm. It's a toss up between my daily Wordle. I'm obsessed with Wordle. I'm one of see those how people that in common, then. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. but also like I've been actually really enjoying a Pokemon game because Legends Arceus has been very good. It's really it's it looks like dog shit. It looks terrible. I mean, it's a Switch game, so like what do you and, expect? I mean it looks worse than most Switch games, but oh, it's still Jesus. It plays real nice. And right. it's the Pokemon game that I've I've been craving, you know? Like they ch- they changed the battle system. It's so much better now. They changed <laughs> the way wild encounters go. It's, it's fun to play. I'm actually having fun playing a Pokemon game. It's weird. I'm not used to it. I'm used to just like grinding through Pokemon games, but now I'm like taking my time, exploring, having fun, watching the the Pokemon interact with each other when they do. There are some still some serious issues that they need to address. And the year long development cycle is just not long enough to make the Pokemon game that everyone really wants. But this is a lot closer than it was. And yeah i dig it i'm i'm in i'm in on this legends arceus i hope they make another similar game but make it look much much better hopefully (laughs) that was mine Um, mark how about you what's your geek of the week i just finished well i'm like i'm
2: literally about to watch the finale of battlestar galactica like as we record you fucking
1: burned through that a few days ago you were at like season three I'm I'm working. I,
2: I work and watch. I put them on yeah. while I'm drawing. So like I just I cut through like a season in like a day and a half if I really like put my mind to it. So I'm
1: sorry for that season five day.
2: Uh no, well, you know that's where I'm like I'm right in the middle of the. It's not season five. It's season four point five because they split the season or whatever it is in half. Right, so it's the second half of season four. It really is. That's where the drop off happens hard. Like the show is imminently watchable up till the mutiny happens, and then after the mutiny, I'm like, what happened to this show? Yeah, It's, it's like. Just-
1: they're just padding shit out. It's like they're going,
2: it's like going from season three of TNG to like season six of Voyager. It's like, yeah.
1: what? And all Whoa. the fucking God in Starbuck just goes way the fuck off the rails Ugh. with the whole, like, am I real and shit? And yeah, she's, she becomes real insufferable towards the end of that. Fucking she's show.
2: like, actually, she's like pretty insufferable throughout the whole run of the show. Cause I think at first I can remember ra- her name. She
1: is, but it ratchets up really. Well, no, because hard. at first the actress
2: isn't, really very good like she hasn't quite dialed her performance in for like being on tv yet which is something that she's always had trouble with why can i remember her name katie Carbo- Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff, yeah really likes to go big right like she's very big when she performs this show doesn't always call for that and there's some stuff in the first couple seasons where i was like you need to bring this way back way back but yeah by the time you get to the end of the show she's just like She's screaming at everybody for no fucking reason. She's Every time she's on camera, moves. she fucks everything that moves. She shoots. It's just <laughs> randomly. If she has a gun within her sight, she's going to put a bullet in somebody. She's
1: going to shoot it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's insane. So yeah, like, yeah, the last half of that has been quite the rocky ride, but I was enjoying myself up until then. Like it, it, it is, it's held up basically up
1: to that last
2: half of the last season. Where yeah. it just apparently is just shitting the bed all over itself which is unfortunate
1: <laughs> still i'm still okay with the end of it but how they get to the end is just yeah it, ugh, i'm, well, I'm watching like i said
2: like I, i'm like right in the middle of watching it right now and i'm just like this is everything is sloppy like everything about this is sure that's
1: almost 20 years old for it to, for you know 80 85 percent of it to hold up that well i'm still pretty yeah. impressed by it.
2: yeah there was some like stuff where I, like in the early seasons like katie sackhouse performance was a little wonky to me but like also the special effects didn't hold up as well as I was expecting them to either I remember that show being like impeccably good looking and now I'm like oh yeah look at all these weird CGI like (laughs) now we've got got the Mandalorian (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean yeah even like modern Trek looks so good compared to like whatever but yeah so it's it's been it's really worth going back and watching that show though it's like it's really well written so
1: a lot of there's a and because we're going to be talking about tropes tonight it does Dives into so many tropes, but it handles them so fucking well that you just don't care some that, it's of them, one that you've seen so many tropes. Some of times them, before. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, my, I've had a very geeky couple of weeks. I just today finished, I was helping to do tech kind of back end stuff for another Mythopoeic Society like seminar. It was all online and stuff that was based around like horror in the Inklings. I finally got a fucking graphics card for my, my desktop, but. By far, the nerdiest thing that I've done is I checked a huge fucking box on my like theme park bucket list because Alicia and I finally got to do our like 10 year vow renewal, which ended up being more like 11 and a half year vow renewal at Disney World. You know, we did it like their big fancy like wedding pavilion with the Cinderella's castle in the background and like everything worked out great. Nobody got covid. Everybody was real, you know, was, was being safe and shit and had a good group of people. I think we had like 20 people at the ceremony and then like a good number of people. Like, I mean, my parents were down there the whole time with us and then like some other friends, mostly from the U S cause like getting down to the U S from Canada right now is quite a fucking hassle. So I don't mm-hmm. blame some of the Canadian folks for not, not making that jaunt, but yeah, it worked out really well in the end. All things, all things considered. <laughs>
2: Yeah my uh, my mom and sister are both trying to plan trips to go down there right now and then they're just like it's been a big headache apparently so
1: yeah there's a, a you know number of extra steps and shit that you have to take into account personally yeah. at this point i don't think that the like border crossing testing is doing fuck all like i i can understand wanting people to test negative before they're going to fly on a plane yeah. but like if i were to drive down there i it doesn't make any sense to me for me to have to have like a negative covid test
2: before. uh pageantry yeah, uh, security theater,
0: right? Security yeah. theater. Exactly. I mean, I had an entire month off, and I had a whole week before the Christmas break where I could have actually been home for Christmas Day, and I didn't. Like, I thought about the hassle of getting through all of the the rigmarole, having a yeah, fourteen day plan, all that stuff, and I'm like, you know what? Not this year. Not this yeah. year. Yeah, I've got to just got to wait until things are like. Less stupid. These yeah. things are just really stupid right now.
1: I, I'm okay with them requiring testing for unvaccinated people, but for yeah. vaccinated people, fuck, fuck testing for border crossings at this point.
0: Uh, I don't know. I just, it's everywhere. I,
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> not stopping it from getting in anyway. Yeah, unless you're well, like one I mean, of those countries that like has, unless you're like New Zealand or whatever that like has managed to like you know. Massively Stop limit the and cases. be an island? Yes, yeah. that also kind
2: of yeah. helps. <laughs> that, yeah, for what, sure. Helps.
1: All right, well, with that, we can move on to our
0: meat of the episode. Meat used too many times. Multiple use meat. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Overused meat. <laughs> We are revisiting something tonight that I looked back, we have not done for 270 episodes.
2: Now, this is not an invitation to go back and listen to episode 18.
1: I actually did, and it is listenable, I will say. Yeah. Really? I I think that was right around, like, you know, that was around when we sort of were hitting our stride and had, you know, it was was the two of us and Christy, and we all had, like, you know, we're having fun together and shit. And yeah. Fair
2: enough. I couldn't, I couldn't bear the thought. This is basically what I was trying to say. <laughs> I so. just
1: wanted to go back and make sure I wasn't like duplicating anything because I'm that fucking OCD, dude. So we are dusting off TVTropes.com or sorry, TVTropes.org and yes. we are going back and picking a bunch of new tropes that we are just fucking sick of. Sort of our most hated tropes, ones that have been done to death that we are just fucking over. So we're basically just going to like go around, everybody's going to list one off, and we'll all just commiserate in our hatred of things that are, have been done way too many times. doesn't have to be, you know, TV or movies could be comic, could be gaming, whatever. So let's go to Paul first. What is one of your most hated tropes?
0: Okay. Well, this, we kind of mentioned it uh, at the beginning of the episode with the cons son scenario. Mm. But I think the thing that killed this trope for me was, uh, star wars because having the the trope being villainous lineage and also comes along with like the really royalty reveal which is another trope that's kind of related where all along this person was part of some kind of lineage or royalty when it really doesn't fucking matter and mm-hmm. the whole thing is to just like have this interconnected storyline or universe where it's really just unnecessary. This has been a thing, particularly in Disney properties for a really long time. And like this excludes things where the person was royal all along. But that is actually like the plot of the story, like the princess diaries. Like that can that's fine, because the whole thing is like she discovers she's a princess. And it's like, that's what the story is. But when it's, it's a good like, thing
1: you said that, Paul, because I was about to get really offended yeah, about
0: you know, yeah. you think
1: fucking dunking on the Princess Diaries. I you no, know,
0: bad. I know, there's a lot of Anne Hathaway <laughs> Princess Diary stands in, on this <laughs> podcast, and you're going to get really up up in arms about it. But no, I I only bring that up because I think that this is like the this concept is not it's overdone, but I think it's been done particularly well. My problem is when these kinds of lineage things get shoehorned in for no apparent reason just to make it seem like the author had planned this character to be more important all along it always feels bad and i think the worst example is ray palpatine in recent memory because it feels like tacked well, that one, particularly when they explicitly say in the movie before that she's nobody, and I was like, oh, that's good. I like that. And yeah. then they they pull the rug out from you, and actually, you're my granddaughter, and you're meant to be evil, and force die at, or whatever the fuck that was. Anyway, <laughs> not, to, not just to dunk on Star Wars, because it's certainly not the only property that does this. This is like, oh... It's okay that you got married to the prince. You're not really a commoner. You're actually descended from a long line of things. And yeah. Rice did this in yeah. the Mayfair Witches when Michael was a Mayfair relative all along. And yeah. that's why they were initially attracted. He couldn't just be a normal guy. He no. had to be a Mayfair Witch somewhere down the fucking line. For- why? Who cares? Why couldn't he just be <laughs> like... <laughs>
1: i feel like this is one of those things that the the like hallmark cinematic universe is pretty notoriously terrible at as well not that i've watched a lot of those movies but from what i have heard from people that i know that are fans and admit that like oh my god these are trash but i still love them kind of yeah
0: as an avid hallmark (laughs) hate watcher because like pihun (laughs) and i do that pretty regularly where we just throw on a shitty we just watched was it the Royal Treatment? Well, well, oh boy. <laughs> but like it just I don't understand this weird fascination particularly with mainline Disney properties of needing their characters to be like of noble blood in yeah. order for them to be important main characters. Even Cruella de- like had her be descended from nobility for some reason. She's the daughter of like a countess or a baroness, and you're just like, what? Fuck. Why? Why?
2: That movie's. St- I mean, that was a trope, like the unnecessary, like
1: the I hate the, dogs because dogs killed my mom. Yeah, <laughs> unne- well, like the unnecessary
2: right. prequel for a villain that yeah. you then b- make. Then you b- make them quasi heroic. So when you go back and rewatch the original movie, you're like, wait, am I supposed to feel bad for that person now? Yeah, yeah. When in this original movie, they are acting like the devil incarnate or something like that? I mean, that's yeah. a trope also, but like... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very related, I would say. <laughs> yeah.
1: but. Since you use the Ray Palpatine example, and I think I said this when we re- reviewed Rise of Skywalker, I would liked Rise of Skywalker overall, but that is the one of the things I wish they had not walked back. I, that's one of the things I liked that Rian Johnson had done was, you know, making Ray just kind of nobody, just this fucking you know, person from a backwater planet that randomly ended up super force sensitive. Like I was, I was super fucking down for that. The only thing that redeemed that somewhat for me was her in the end, sort of going more toward going towards an adoptive family, like, you know, saying I am Ray Skywalker kind of thing. And I like, I like that idea of found family and rejecting your lineage for found family, but I still wish that they hadn't made her a belt
0: it didn't make sense in any context because like you don't really have a backstory of like the lineage of skywalkers and Palpatine's being at war for a particularly long time. It's like a two generational feud. Like mm. care- Like, what, yeah. what was the yeah. point? And yeah. so, and whenever that kind of thing happens where it's like, Oh, they're actually, they were actually a princess or nobility all along. It reinforces this trope that you need to be born special to be special and it's it goes off of like it's the worst kind of chosen one narrative Mm -hmm. oh so the michael burnham kind (laughs) yeah yeah
1: chosen one was one of the ones that we highlighted the last time we did this yeah. that were sick yeah, of, and that was fucking five years ago kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah.
0: This, is, this is a particular brand of the chosen one
2: I, I was trying to figure out like i was gonna tie this to star trek but like because that's what i do but like the, the michael burnham <laughs> character actually became that very quickly because there is no royalty in star trek so they immediately had to tie her to the most like important character Sp- in the franchise uh-huh. and make her spock's sister right yeah yeah so like it's like oh and they don't even do the reveal either it's like no right from the jump we want you to make sure and know cause that's because star trek's very poorly written currently yeah <laughs> from the jump they need you to know that she is important high blood spock's little sister yeah even you if know it's what adopted.
0: yeah blah, I, blah. i'm almost blah. fine like it's to me sometimes it's better if they're up front and honest about it because at yeah. least it's not a, an ass pull reveal that we're expected to be like shocked and surprised by in some kind of meaningful way oh you subverted our expectations this person is actually the daughter of uh, the king who murdered her mother or something i don't know like there's always just this why you have to do you think it's cool to link these things when that's not how life works and also it just makes it yeah it makes everything smaller right like it's
2: like one of my I don't know, it's not really in my list. I had kind of written it as like a small like the small universe syndrome that seems to happen. We're like, yeah, like we're talking about like why is cons, you know, three times grandchild on the edge yeah. of the enterprise or yeah. just to create drama because we know that character or whatever, right? Yeah.
1: This is like, yeah. This is, this that is one is basically right on my list, like and it's I guess tangentially related trope to to what you're saying, Paul, but like retconned villain origin connections. So like, you know, making a villain more relevant or something like that by saying, oh, there's this mysterious historical connection to the origin or the early life of the protagonist kind of thing that has for some reason been overlooked or just forgotten about for years and years and years kind of thing. Are we going to talk about Hush right now? Like Uh, Hush is one. I mean, Hush. Hush, there are examples of it done well. And I mean, Batman villains in particular are fucking notorious for this shit.
0: How many it's of been them have done, well my- done
1: badly?
2: <laughs> like, how many yeah. penguins have had like the cobble pots tied to the wane so that they were like yeah. kind of dark mirrory versions of each other or, and stuff like that? Yeah. And then
1: there's something like Court of Owls, which was done pretty yeah. well in the end, right? Like, yeah. so it's definitely been done both ways, but I've just seen it so much in comics, especially that I'm mm-hmm. really fucking sick of it. Like, you can't, it's just, it seems lazy to me that, you know, especially it's done a lot with new villains where it's like the only way that i'm going to be able to make this villain successful and interesting is if i tie it somehow to this character's already fucking overstuffed early years and overstore and uh fortune yeah. yeah. story kind of thing right and so it just it for me it just ends up coming across as forced like 90 percent of the time it's yeah. just it's it's used with a lot of those long-running characters when a writer wants to come in and give like a you know a refresh or an update to a villain that's kind of become stale or you know they can't figure out what to do with it so they're just like well i'll just make like the scarecrow i'll make like well right now oh actually it's in that zadarsky series oh the batman one yeah yeah, the the batman where hugo strange was bruce's therapist in his like teenage his troubled like late teenage years kind of thing yeah
2: yeah about that and was like huh that's this uh
1: it's it's a that. cool dynamic to build up but it also seems pretty fucking forced like you know he was the only fucking the only shrinking Gotham? In Gotham yeah exactly
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so. uh, th- this trope is really weirdly done in anime a lot too In particular there's Naruto like and this uh, like long standing like martial arts anime tends to go down this road a lot to the point where like they once like they try to make the bi- the villain bigger and somehow more personally relevant to the hero, mm-hmm. more and more. And the more they try to do that inorganically, the worse it feels for the. And there's less payoff as a result. This also happened. Oh, I was just thinking of Skyfall. This is basically the, like Skyfall. 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 Yeah. Really bad. One. Like the James Bond stuff when they tried to make all the James Bond villains particularly personal to his life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: um, it always feels, especially when you only have a movie to build that up. Like, Mm -hmm. even with these anime, they have like, it's always like the shadowy figure who was there all along is actually the big bad. Or yeah. like in Dragon Ball, where it's always Frieza. Frieza, like Frieza, was the most popular bad guy in Dragon Ball Z, and probably the most well known. And so it's always Frieza who ends up coming back and being the bad guy. Kind of like with Ganon and Link. It's like oh, it's always Ganon. And Link. It's,
2: it's like and like, the like, so my my I had, a, I had a problem with the other thing, like the Spike character, like the bad guy that becomes so popular that like they turn him into a good guy and like kind of mm. take the essence of the character and fuck it up basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean like the character stops because becoming he cool fan because fan favorite. Yeah, Because because he became a fan favorite, everybody's like, Well, now we got to make him a good guy, and it kind of takes the teeth, no pun intended, out of the <laughs> vampire character that he was supposed to be a sociopath, like soulless monster. Yeah, right? but why are we doing uh, that? Yes, yeah. well, no, because he's pretty and people want to like look at him with no shirt on, so yeah, I guess
1: bring him back. We're like or the, the uh, the daredevil movie where they made the kingpin the guy that kills Matt
0: Murdock's father, yes, Gosh. yeah. Like that's yeah. really just unnecessary well, bullshit, I mean, right? Yeah, like Joker and Batman
2: in the original, yeah. right? Like, why is that? Why? That like, was the first thing that make?
0: came to mind when you were explaining yeah. it. Was like it was the Joker killing Thomas and Martha. Yeah. Thomas and Martha. That oh, was yeah. like Fuck I was like, that. this has been around for a goddamn Ever. long time. This kind of retcon of well, they used to do it in those comic book movies to make them easy, like
2: simpler to, simpler to digest in one shot, right? Like, get yeah, like a two-hour story, yeah, everything into one loop. So that was what the, re- I'm sure that was the reason for it originally. God forbid you have like a story you can tell after the fact where like yeah. the first villain you fight isn't the one who caused you to become that character. Why do you stay that character? That person's dead then. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. It doesn't any sense to me. Like,
0: why did it work so well in the Mask of the Phantasm when it ended up being Joker who killed her father then? I like they they pulled that off really well. So there is an example uh, of this being done. Alan right. Burnett and Paul Dini, Yeah, Paul exactly. That series
1: is just an amazing fucking example of writing. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah, and so that movie in particular is still like, I still think that might be the best fucking
0: Batman movie we watched, boys. Right. Like, And so when, like, I know that, Tim, I understand your frustration with this, this thing, because I hate it so much, too. But when I think of, like, that being done well, the first thing that comes to mind is Mask of the Phantasm. When you find, when they put the little, is it, like, fruit juice or something that he's using to put the smile on the gangster's face, and you find out it's the Joker, and you're like, oh, shit! Like, (laughs) that works so well. So, man yeah unfortunately not everybody is alan
2: burnett and paul dini you know Huck. so yeah
1: i mean any of the ones we're going to talk about tonight are ones that you know in the right hands can be done well but we've Absolutely. just seen way too many examples of them done poorly, done poorly. So, yeah that sure. being said, mark give us your first well
2: i said it at the beginning of the episode it's the, the and i guess it's it's fantasy or sci-fi but like i tend to kind of find this fantasy ones a little more odious just because i don't care for that stuff but like <laughs> the big game of Thrones esque giant cast huge ensemble cast. Yeah. Huge ensemble cast that I, I'm not going to know the names of half of these people. Probably a bunch of them are going to die in the first season because like, that's part of the trope of the whole, these shows now it's like shocking deaths as the first season goes on. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks, I can never game even remember all the, yeah, I, exactly. I can hardly fucking remember the names, of all the Stark kids. At any given time like <laughs> no
2: i still don't know who i like i knew who Jon snow was because he was specifically not last named john like stark so i was yeah. like oh i know who he is but like i know there's a rob but that's it
1: the one who gets his dick cut off sure which one's that he was the theon he was the theon. The, uh, the adopted son down great
0: brand L- lily, the one allen's, I
1: forget. lily allen's brother yeah brand yeah. oh sorry yeah because Snow wasn't adopted he was a bastard
2: okay uh, well, but yeah,
0: that, out he was wow, Whatever, because <laughs> <laughs> he was actually I mean, <laughs> actually And these royalty. shows also
2: like, this, and these kinds of shows also contain a bunch of other tropes that like make me fucking super annoyed. Like these, like the hidden royalty and you know the chosen mm-hmm. one trope will become writ large in almost all of these one, like these shows. It's always oh. going to be the, oh. the sprightly girl is going to be like the chosen one of some weird death cult or something like that, which I guess is what the Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, right? like with let, um, let me Mason tell William's you about character.
0: fucking Wheel of Time and this like yeah. I don't <laughs> I have watched six episodes of the Wheel of Time. I only know two characters names and that would be Rosamund Pike and Daniel Henney's characters, you know, and the, like I've spent time with the like those episodes are an hour and something long. They've said their names many times, but they all blur together, and they're all chosen ones or potential chosen ones. They're like the subversion of Wheel of Time is that like these four characters or five characters that get their village gets attacked, and all of them end up potentially being the reincarnation of like the dragon who could destroy the world or save the world. You never know, so it's also that kind of thing yeah like the kind of nebulous prophecy and like you made the prophecy happen by trying to stop the prophecy kind of bullshit oh don't get me started on that i'm I'm glad the prophecy stuff is
2: kind of i mean actually i guess it really has because they even still do it in star trek oh yeah this is destiny oh
0: having the the fantasy prophecy stuff in a a, a sci-fi property like star trek that drives me nuts too but yeah more and they they try and shoehorn it
1: in with like time travel bullshit or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Or, yeah, exactly. Because it, like it's like like in Star Wars it
2: works because Star Wars is it's it's fantasy more than it's real sci fi, right? Yes. Like I mean soft it's sci-fi, whatever yeah. soft sci fi, but it's still like it's more fantasy than anything else. I mean, it's, yeah. Now it's more western, I guess. The last yeah. the last couple the last couple series have been more westerns than anything else. Space really.
0: cowboys.
2: Space cow. I mean, man, Timothy All You know, he's back. He's always yeah. around.
1: Yeah, that's his cowboy. Was back.
2: I mean, he was. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah. was. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was,
1: there's always
2: cyborg parts you can attach to people in Star Wars to get them, bring them back. That's true, right? yeah. yeah. That's so, how
1: you fucking bring Ming and win back. Apparently,
2: right? there you go. Yeah, but but back, uh, back to your yeah. point of
0: like those huge ensemble casts, yeah, like so these big,
2: even the, like we were talking about the Expanse. To like, yeah, that it's paralyzing, right? But then again, sometimes that can be good. Like, look how big the cast D Space Nine was, and that show is amazing once you get into it, right? Yeah. And Game of Thrones, I mean. First we four can seasons. argue about the end of it. There were the first four seasons that were dope as shit, I guess, right?
0: I don't know. Well, and look at the way that like they played off character interactions in those early seasons. And like they made the, one of the reasons this became so popular is because Game of Thrones had those like chapter by chapter point of view character things that were very mm-hmm. c- cinematic. And so we they tried to adapt that to the screen and they did a pretty good job early on. You managed a cast of 1000 uh, cast of whatever but you narrowed the focus of the story to the point where you cared about almost every scenario that was going on. But then you get to like wheel of time when they split up and it's like, I care about one of these characters and every other thing is just like these like chosen ones who are refusing the call. Like they're all the same kind of character, but in like four different scenarios and you're like, why are you doing this? Why do you have four different characters doing the same story beats in different parts geographical locations when they were more cohesive together as a whole i don't know
1: then let's go back to paul then for another hated trope
0: dialogue in video games that doesn't matter like particularly dialogue choices that don't affect the gameplay at all so why include them so this is a thing in in PC games in general, but like Final Fantasy Fourteen does this a lot and it drives me crazy. Like, um wait, you pay you play fin- Final Fantasy Fourteen? I had no idea. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, I might have I might have mentioned it once or twice in the past. I don't know. <laughs> it's almost as bad as that wiki did CrossFit. Like you just would not stop talking about it. Yeah. Anyway, actually, guys, I'm on a break from Final Fantasy Fourteen. I didn't renew my subscription and taking a little break, but like going through the main storyline. You get dialogue choices in a video game, and ultimately they serve no purpose in the plot whatsoever. It's kind of like a fake morality choice where like it might affect some one reaction of one character during that particular cutscene, but all it really does is force you to watch the cutscene instead of skipping it or going to get a drink or something while this cutscene is going on that you don't care about. Like
1: it just circles you back to the same dialogue tree where you just don't have that option anymore. Basically,
0: there's that. Yeah, any anything that feels like a fake choice where you know that the ultimate end is not going to be different no matter what dialogue choice you choose. I also hate dialogue trees where the very it's very obviously always going to try to get you to the good side of things. That kind of bugs me too. But like dialogue choices that are. M- ultimately meaningless and give you like one reaction worth of difference, but ultimately the story is going to be the same, no matter what, like why even include those? Just tell me who the character is instead of like the warrior of light, the character you play as in final fantasy 14, you have like usually three options. One is like very friendly and pacifist. One is kind of like ambiguous and one is very aggro aggressive, but they're never evil choices. And no matter what you choose, the story is going, the scene is going to shake out the same way. So they really only give you this choice to like fake some interaction. And like, yeah, yeah.
2: it happens a lot in like Red Dead's like that too. Where like some of the dialogue will like, some of it does affect it. So like, I mean, Rockstar is a little bit of a better developer in terms of like not always faking it. You just sometimes fake it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was definitely something I was noticing in Red Dead where I'm like, it doesn't really matter what I do. And specifically in gameplay scenarios where they're like, they're trying to force you to be like a good person in this story. But then in the gameplay scenario, I've just murdered 68 dudes in cold, cold blood and yeah. picked all their pockets afterwards on top of, like I've looted their corpses after the fact so that I can get money and stuff off of them. Yeah. But like I'm supposed to be a good guy. But I also just murdered 67 people.
0: <laughs> right. You've created a dissonance between like yeah. the gameplay and the, the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. And I find that to be like, it's really common in RPGs particularly, yeah. but like it's supposed to have gotten better. And like there's generally like I would say the Final Fantasy 14 does a good job of integrating it most of the time. But, like, that kind of shit pulls me right out of it, where it's like, I know this doesn't matter. You're only forcing me to choose a dialogue option for the sake of doing it, because you, I don't know, you and want yeah, me we're to meet Yeah,
2: We are both going to play that KOTOR remake that has this shit in it in spades.
0: <laughs> but, like, at least that changes your stats and alignment to that's an true, extent. That's true, it does, yeah. Like, that yeah, actually has some sexy. kind of, like, again, w- when it comes to how that's executed, that can vary a lot. Like, yeah. Uh, is the when you pick the evil branch of the force is it going to be narratively satisfying? They're probably going to write a more effective ending for the good guys because like people know how to make good guy endings more narratively satisfying probably cuz that's what we want in most of our our media is like the good guys win. And so whenever there's like an evil option I always hate choosing it because it always like narrows the playing field narratively so much that it's kind of like well the it's just not very yeah, the problem satisfying. is the
2: problem is that in video games specifically like in Star Wars games are like the worst for it is that if you go down the evil path you get the cooler powers <laughs> yeah, yeah you get
1: force choke you get force lightning
2: lightning like yeah. all that stuff becomes like way more powerful and upgradable like early on if you start kind of leaning towards the dark side a little bit that's, in those
1: that's games. why I end up playing all those like old Jedi Knight games twice so I can, yeah. like play oh, yeah. one on dark side one light side so I mean it, that's that's one of those things that can increase replayability but that's actually like something that I was
2: going to bring up like if you do it right like I think Red Dead would be worth play- replaying I replayed it with like 100% like good morality like I was a very very good dude aside from the fact that when the game told me to I murdered everybody in fucking sight. Yeah. So like, there's definitely a replay where like, I just go in and I'm like the biggest prick of all time. And some games that works really well, like the infamous games have this as part of like the, the core mechanic of the game where you're a superhero in a town and like, you can be a prick, like you can be a villain and you, the game will start to shift the story to actually make you a super villain on top mm-hmm. of everything else. Yeah. And like, yeah, the ending's not as satisfying, but like, it gives you the option to fully explore that side of it. Yeah. And I think if you're going to do that, you should do it and not just like pretend to do it. Like yeah. some games seem to yeah. do.
0: Yeah. Another game that does it well is undertale where like the whole yeah. idea is that you're supposed to be able to talk your way out of any fight. And yeah. like, you have the, op- like there's like the mini games and stuff like that, that you have to do when you're fighting, but generally like the choices matter. And so, like, I hate the illusion of choice where you know the choice doesn't particularly matter. Just tell me what story you want to tell and stop trying to pretend that I have a say in this. Because you <laughs> I know I don't. What I have a say in is whether or not I defeat the boss because my skill is up to snuff. That's fine with me. Don't try to pretend that I have a say in how the story goes if I don't. Like, just don't do it. Because it just, just irritates me. <laughs> I will
1: defend that, uh, you know... Dialogue trees that don't go anywhere narratively. In the oh, specific case of my Lucas, in the specific case of my adventure games, because, we're just, talking about the because those games, in those oh no. cases, they they reward you for exploring and fucking around, and like you know, there's that you know that there's no consequence to picking one that might seem like it's going to piss somebody off or something like that. So yeah. like they, the, you know the, those are games that reward experimentation and that kind of thing and a lot of the time you just get little funny like little comedic beats and then you just get dumped back to the same menu or you have to go through the tree again to pick the right one and that kind of thing so
0: having to go through the whole tree again is kind of bullshit that can yeah. be a
1: pain in the ass but normally a normally, ass, normally there's a, game. yeah normally it's like a space bar or period which will just let you like breeze through the dialogue tree until you get to the branch point that you were at that you picked the wrong one last time yeah no i've definitely played games though where yeah it's like oh why even let me pick that if it's not gonna fucking do anything
0: yeah Yeah. legend of zelda does some of that nonsense too a lot where it's like well you have to be pure hearted link all the time you are the triforce of courage like in breath of the
2: wild like you would occasionally get like a snarky shitty answer at the bottom of the thing and you could pick it and like People would react to it, but it doesn't really change anything in the game at all. Yeah.
0: But then right. still so so. then why even bother? I mean, like, mean
2: exactly. So yeah. there you go.
0: It's like kind <laughs> of Link and the Warrior of Light are very similar in that they're like supposed to be player avatar, but like they have to be good guys. So Yeah, if, there's
1: not much like, that you can do to actually influence who they're. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See I'll go to my my next one, uh, which is replacing dead or like presumed dead characters with Alternate universe versions of the same character, especially in the case of like live action, where they just fucking use the same actor over again. um
2: I feel like you've been talking about the Flash. Yes, the Flash is
1: really bad about it. <laughs> Agents of Shield got really bad about it in later seasons as well. Oh, I didn't know uh, and that. It's, it's a concern yeah. that I have for the MCU now that we're getting into the multiverse stuff as well. Uh, the the rumors
2: I keep hearing about Doctor Strange too, where it's like we're gonna bring in the the like we're gonna have to, Snatch- to Iron yeah. Man. You know what I mean? Holy like fuck. we're gonna do that stuff. And I'm like, don't do I don't wanna see that. I barely wanted to see the fucking multiple Spider man in the last movie. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna see Tom Cruise pretend to be Spider Man. That's nineties
1: gonna- Iron Man, kinda yeah, like that's need- been around for thirty years or some shit. I
2: don't need any of that horse shit, but you know, yeah. I mean and but the
1: thing that really makes me worried about that in the MCU was that fucking like obnoxious Quicksilver tease in WandaVision, right? Oh
2: yeah, that's true. Yeah. So
1: like, it, but yeah, the the CW series in particular have been terrible for it. Like Arrow did it a bunch of times too, where like a character would die in main universe and they would bring in like the what his love interest, who's uh, oh, Dinah, oh, well, yeah, Laurel, yeah, Laurel Lance. Lance and Dinah oh, Lance. Lance and everything. Like that was just it. Just fucking pulls. It's one of those things that just fucking like just plummets the stakes. Right. You just I, yeah. I don't care anymore because if you ca- kill this character off, I'm assuming you're just gonna bring him back in three episodes with an alternate fucking universe version.
2: Yep, 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 yep. Flash did that so much over the corner. Yeah, like that's basically the reason why, I, like, was I mean, it wasn't the reason why I stopped watching it. The terrible fucking writing was why I stopped watching that show. But like that's part and parcel of the terrible fucking writing of that show. Was like, <laughs> we're gonna kill them so that we can pop a rating last week, and then yeah. two weeks from now, their alternate universe self who's going to be different and sassy.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, is going to show dark up and, and gritty. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Did anybody else have anything to say about like alternate universe versions of characters or can, should we move on? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's pretty prevalent. And
2: I, 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 I share your concern for the MCU when it comes yeah. to that kind of thing. So even, yeah, even
1: the DCEU, right. Cause we're about to go into yeah. flashpoint like, and they're clearly leaning oh. into that. And I just hope that it's done with some fucking restraint, right? Like that it's, not just like willy-nilly like oh so-and-so died oh here's a new version so-and-so yeah. died like you're, you know three years later well, it's gonna be even worse the when it's in. like
2: so-and-so di- so-and-so just didn't want to come back contractually you know, well, yeah. and like all of a sudden you have a different character or a different actor in there and you're just like yeah. oh, it's a universe version of them like what
0: oh yeah. well okay. and that this could be like a good like again could be well written if they actually like made it what does it mean if like there are infinite numbers of us that could replace us at any time that's like an interesting that's an interesting story to talk about i don't know i think it's kind of cool but like you know that's not why they're doing it and they're never going to go there like yeah certainly the marvel universe doesn't seem to have any interest in like what that is going to actually maybe with dr strange too mm-hmm. they're going to go there but like Ultimately, it sounds they don't like seem- they
1: are because they're going to bring in the, the what if version
0: of Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah, so that would is an interesting thing to talk about when it comes to multiverse stuff. But that's what they need. Once they sort this out, they need to just chop it off. Well, it's and the just- same.
2: As, it's the same problem. As I mean, it's it's this is part and parcel of this problem. But like even the time travel in. The, the universe like kind of removes the stakes to everything, right? Like mm-hmm. if you can just zip like you can like and th- I always bring it back to Star Trek, but if you can just zip around the fucking sun and go back in time and change everything, like what's the stake of the story, right? Same yeah. problem. Like that was when I I think I said this when we reviewed Endgame. Like Endgame is awesome, but it does exactly what I feared it would do is which was establish time travel in this universe, which completely removes the stakes to everything always ever because now yeah. you can just go back in time. And like pull Tony out of the timeline and just Tony's
0: back. Yeah. Find and, like, the, right, gives this the, the right. It a shit, especially the version. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially the version of time travel that they put in, which is like, you can go back and make changes and it won't affect your present. Yeah. It will just create fucking branch point kind of thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. So like now they can just kind of do whatever they want, which is disappointing, I guess. Either way. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. So that was my second one. Mark, how about you?
2: I'm going to bitch about music for a second. I've been flipping around, just listening to random stuff, and I want to know what happened to pop music. Like, there used to be interesting pop music. Now, literally, everything sounds like, "Mm mm -mm." (laughs) and a vocoder, or like, uh, auto-tune vocals over top of it. I can't literally tell the difference between anything that's on popular music channels anymore, because it all sounds exactly the same. They use the same drum beat, and then it's auto tune vocals over top of it.
0: Happened. trap music happened and let yeah. me just say that i'm not like i listen to pop music nowadays and i i listen like the pop music that i'm forced to listen to on a day-to-day basis is k-pop and yeah. it, that has its own problems in and of itself where it's just so homogenous i don't understand
1: yeah. especially the, like the ed sheeran bullshit like i yeah. just yeah. i fucking cannot it just it, it yeah you said it 100% right, 100% homogenous. I could, you could play me eight different fucking Ed Sheeran songs and be like, yeah, those are all the same song.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, I, I don't understand what, like, is this what is acceptable to children as music now? Like, we used to have bands that sounded different from each other. Now everything sounds exactly the fucking same. What happened?
0: I mean, you have to go
1: looking for the shit that's different now is the fucking problem. And I that's mean, so and weird I, to me. Yeah. So weird to me. We
2: yeah. used to play REM on the radio, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would argue wow. that. You know, we're this is old man syndrome. Like we're probably, we're, we're all is. old, yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of it is like if you put six grunge bands together, like I was going to
1: say, remember that like Radio Free Vestibule yeah.
0: grunge song? Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are going to have that same argument for the music that we grew up with and once loved. Like, generically, pop music is going to hit on something, and then it's going to be variations until something really out of left field becomes the norm again and then it just goes through these cycles. The problem is like the cycles happen a little faster now or like but the homogenization has increased because there's so many different artists trying to create a particular brand of TikTok hit or whatever and yeah. I it's... just wish they would sample a different drum beat. It feels like mm. they're always sampling
2: the same drum beat. Like it's always that mm, tss, mm, mm. Yeah. And like that's all you hear all the time. I'm like, man, there are other kick
0: drum patterns. Hire a drummer. (laughs) But they can't if they have to hire a drummer, then they can't just do it in pro tools or whatever. Yeah, then they can't afford the producer.
2: Yeah, Um, I guess. guess, It it
0: is. You know what? This probably is just old man bitching, but it just it seems
2: odd to me that like I don't know. I mean,
1: I'm with you that you're listening to pop music right now, Mark
2: well i what do you mean i'm on spotify or actually i'm doing a little project right now i'm trying to find an alternative to that and i'm like listen i've been using apple music the last couple weeks and uh just listening to like kind of like top of the chart stuff and i'm like wow oh this sounds very like i used to think that the dance music like the pop music that we that that everybody listened to aside from me growing up was pretty homogenous but there were spots where you're like oh that's cool different that's cool and different that's cool and different i don't hear any different anymore basically, mm. unless I start, like, delving into some weird fucking, like, subgenre of R&B mm. or whatever, which I guess is, like, the way to go, but that's not yeah. the stuff that seems to be getting played on the radio. Like, when I'm flipping around on the dial in Southern Ontario, it's yeah. either, like, generic butt rock, because that's, like, 17 stations, yeah, or it's, like, weird generic pop that all kind of sound, even the Edge, like, 102.1, like, proud alternative radio station of yore, you'll turn it on, and it's, like, that Ed Sheeran, And then him auto-tune crooning over top of it. And I'm like, I don't, this sucks.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And the problem, there's only one way to do one kind of music these days. Like if you want to do upbeat music, you have to do a Bruno Mars, like 70s throwback, like to James Mm -hmm. Brown, because like Lizzo is pretty, was guilty of this when she released Juice too. And like, there's a lot. And then in K-pop, all the girl groups right now are releasing like a breezy disco track because that's what sells right now for the girl groups. Is like, you have, oh man, when did this start? Early last year, one girl group got really big doing a breezy disco summer song, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there were six or seven of them in quick succession. And then suddenly, and all of the the boy groups were doing these like, mostly rhythm section and very like little melody beyond vocal melody on the tracks. And that's become a huge trend now. And then that's just what pop music is going to be for the foreseeable future until summer comes around and whatever trend new trend comes in. So,
1: and I think you hit it on the head to an extent too, Mark with like pro tools and shit like that, right? Like, is that people can recreate something that is successful so quickly now with that sort of platform, you know, they don't have to get a band together. They don't have to get like, you know, full fucking setup and everything. They can do that shit at fucking home. So, so many of these, even like mid-tier artists have like little home studios and shit like that now as well. So they don't have to book studio time even. You just fucking crank that shit out and have like a single out a week after the other one that was just like, you know, exactly the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just miss real drums. I think that's probably my problem. (laughs) It's it's also the
1: cycle too, right? It's, It's the fact that... Hardly any pop artists anymore wait and drop a whole album. It's they're yeah, just it's true they're too. just dropping singles. They're just dropping singles as soon as they're ready rather than waiting.
2: Yeah. It seems to be working for them somehow, I guess. I don't know. Is anybody making any music like money on the music industry anymore? I don't think. Unless you're touring. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I just like I just thought it was really weird, like I would pop through like any any pop channel, like it all sounded exactly the same, and I could just like I couldn't tell a goddamn thing, bit of difference between any of them anymore. I guess your yeah. argument's true. Like, if you were sitting on the edge and you didn't know any of that music, you'd be sitting there going, like, yeah, I can't tell the difference between Alice any and of your...
1: And Nirvana and... Yeah, any and of your old Pearl man Jam. or shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. But it's <laughs> weird.
0: All right, back to you, Paul. The next... I can't narrow this down in my brain where I've seen this multiple times, but it kind of goes back to the... A character thinks that they've done something bad but they're not sure or this is their driving motivation. Like there's their villainous characters or they're like, or some they've accidentally killed someone and then it somehow changes so that they didn't actually do that. And you spend like, I don't know. Yeah.
1: The reset button. That's one of mine.
0: Yeah. The reset button. So like the reset button can often take the form of actually it was your villainous nemesis who did this the whole time or you didn't actually murder that person it was somebody else and you were just you were drugged or something and like yeah. it's somehow to restore the moral purity of this particular character usually the main character and it's one of those things like time travel that takes the teeth out of any narrative that you have it's like make the Character deal with the consequences of their actions. Like some some writers just don't want to let their characters do bad things. They don't like moral ambiguity. So like I just hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) It just it, it cheapens what they were trying to. Usually because like a lot of the times the authors will get nervous because they've done something to like change one of a fan favorite character because the fan favorite character has done something bad and the fan base reacts badly to it. And it's like, Oh no, actually they didn't do the bad thing, but it's like, well then you've just, why did you tell this story then? Why did you bother? Like, I don't know.
1: The versions of that trope that frustrate me the most are like the time traveling ones or the ones where like, oh you didn't actually these events didn't actually happen it was all an illusion or it was mind control or something like that because you're right it's just an excuse to put a character through the fucking paces through some trauma and then remove the consequences of those events but have at least one character still remember that they went through it and everything and like oh i experienced 20 years of terrible trauma that didn't actually happen, but now I'm gonna have to carry that through the rest of this season or the rest of this series or some shit like that. And yeah, that's another one the CW shows have been really bad about. Agents of Shield has been really bad about. That's one that's also been done on Star Trek multiple fucking well, times.
2: Star Trek a million times. Yeah, like, it's a comic book one. Like it's a very Doctor popular Who comic, comic books. books. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where, absolutely. yeah,
1: where it's just like, yeah, let's put this fucking character through the ringer. Except not really. Like we're just yeah, gonna get
0: episodes or yeah. 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 Oh. I, the, the, I forgot the most popular example to me, which would be Jean Grey and the Phoenix Force. This is yeah. the, that has been a mm-hmm. narrative fucking nightmare since the Phoenix Force was introduced. Was it Jean? Was it the clone of Jean that the Phoenix Force created while she was sleeping under a lake for twenty years? Or oh, uh, fucking Phoenix, that! Like I, it was. It took me yeah. a minute to like remember my example, but yes, Jean Grey is like a particularly bad example of this in pop culture and i am a jean gray fan i'll always be a fan of jean gray however they've gone back and forth on how responsible she has been and how complicit she is in like the billions of people that the phoenix force killed when she like ate the sun or you know all the other horrible things that the phoenix force did the dark phoenix stuff in general i don't know it's just i hate it I hate it so much. Like it's just lazy. It's fucking lazy ass it's writing. Lazy. It's just
1: it's one of the biggest examples of lazy writing, I think.
0: Well, and it's also like you want to you have a character that's maybe beloved by fans that you want to keep around. Like, and comics are particularly bad about this because like in the vanilla form of the character, Jean Gray is a hero. And so thinking of her as a villain, like you have to you have all that baggage behind her. So if you just say that, oh, it was the Phoenix who did it, then you can keep Jean Grey in her vanilla form, in her original form, and use her the way that, you know, whenever a new writer picks up a character, they want to do something with the character in that particular form, rather than having to deal with all the baggage of what came before. And so we just, this is like the the reboot syndrome. It's kind of like that, but it's like the problem with reboots, but while trying to keep the continuity at the same time. It's frustrating. I hate it. I hate it so much. That is my third one. I have more, you know. <laughs> but because I'm
1: not done shitting on Star Trek and specifically new Star Trek tonight. My next one is going to be what is known on TV tropes as either promotion, not punishment or career building blunder. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So characters being rewarded for insubordination. Yes, I'm looking at you, Star Trek Discovery, yeah. you know, failing up. We were just talking about Kerathrace. Like, Cara Thrace should have been fucking busted out of like the, the Viper Squad like 35 fucking times. One of the truths I had is, is, is
2: very it. related to this, where it's like the genius character who's given way too much leeway to just do whatever they want. And it's like, yeah. Discovery's really fucking prone to this because all the characters are geniuses who are just allowed to just say and do whatever they want to any character ever. So yeah. it's kind of like tying in to that kind of stuff where it's just like,
0: oh, oh, you Sherlock, you're talking about Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock is there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah, Mo- shit in general. But like, I was thinking about House, too. House. Well, yeah. he is a Sherlock, but like yeah. the Sherlock trope generally, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, all
2: anything Benedict Cumberbatch plays, basically. That's it, he's always that character, like that's who plays this character in every fucking thing. Now, basically, he is that guy. He's the the genius who gets to have just whatever he can say whatever he wants because he's a genius. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. Discovery does it, but it's not the oh, only yeah. one. Like fucking every time that the Prime Directive is fucking like violated and shit like that. And people don't get busted down and like
0: all that sort of thing as well. You're talking about Janeway now, aren't you? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if, she, she was Janeway going back in time. Yeah. And you know, that that get, that's what gets them home, which is what gets her, her fucking rank as admiral. But like, holy shit, that broke like 800 fucking like temporal directives. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She broke a lot of rules. Actually, the show's littered with examples of like one week her being like to the letter, prime directive woman and then like the next week just being like you know what fuck Ah, all this (laughs) fire the photon torpedoes nobody cares you know (laughs) we're so far away from starfleet this week it does it matter it doesn't matter this week next week it'll matter
1: yeah why And that's one of it's just it's one of those sort of writing choices that always takes me out like always breaks illusion for me because i'm like okay in reality in any version of reality you want to show me that is just going to breed resentment against all the other crew members or team members or whatever kind of thing and lack of trust. And we're just, I, I can't believe that that person is going to be able to maintain their authority after this in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Like, I, I would not fucking follow Michael Burnham anywhere after no. all the fucking shit that she's pulled.
2: That's kind of like my big problem with discovery is that like, it's, I think we talked about it when we reviewed it, and it's like something that's come up a lot in Star Trek, where it's like the lack of, like, you you can't have a, a protagonist be a professional anymore. They all have to be like the bumbling ingenue who, like, is doing their first thing. It's their first time out of the gate, but they're just so plucky and naturally gifted that they're going to fumble their way through it, and everybody's going to think they're the greatest Starfleet or whoever, officer, that has ever existed in time. It's Let's like, be honest, that's what?
1: nothing new to Trek. The no, first no, track protagonist was, you know, was a rogue, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. It was. But it, like, it's you can't do it every time. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when you call out that character in later shows as being like he happened. He was like a standout guy as being that kind of guy. And then every other character manages to be able to do that same thing that Kirk he, pulled yeah. off all the time. It, like, it he's undermines. This, like
0: yeah, it undermines the, the Starfleet. It undermines yeah. like the well. Then why the do we have the, such a structured chain of command? Like, is Starfleet working at all? And like, if, yeah. if the the Starfleet Empire is supposed to be a utop, kind of utopian society, then but it only comes as a result of people saying "fuck you" to all the rules of Starfleet. Then wait a minute there's something's not quite working here yeah Uh, yeah yeah.
1: and i think that's one of the reasons why i would always i think i'll probably always come back to tng as my favorite trek and picard is my favorite captain is because he is the like the most by the book of any of the star trek captains that we've ever had yeah yes and it's just that he's the one like that is the example of starfleet working how it's fucking supposed to work
0: yeah and and when cisco goes on off, he like you get an episode like Pale Moonlight where he's like racked with guilt about having to work outside the system, and like it makes a difference. Whereas like yeah, Discovery for per- the two seasons that I watched were like, what the no none of that. <laughs> it was just the-, the Michael Burnham show.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's go to Mark. I think we kind of talked about it earlier, but like the the villain character who becomes like the main character. I think I just I don't know why that bothers me so much and it still happens a lot because even like we were watching like we we're talking about The Expanse and there's so many characters that like on that show that will start out as like kind of villainous and then become like part of the group and then veer Amos. off again and become villainous again. I mean Amos Amos is different because he's like the group sociopath. like He's supposed to be your friend <laughs> sociopath,
1: but or even oh. Naomi, right? Like Naomi yeah. goes back and forth. I mean, I'm only three seasons in. She's gone back yeah, she's and, and, and forth three, three times, three already. times. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't know. There's stuff like that that really just, like, I don't know. I had a bunch, like, I had a bunch of little ones because there's a lot of stuff, like, with tech that bothers me. It's like, everybody who's a hacker
0: can find their shit in three fucking passwords. <laughs> and, like... Or nobody knows nobody knows how to use Google. Exactly. A movie where Google doesn't exist, but it's, like, modern day. And, like, both of these things happen at the same time where, like, you're either computer genius where computers do everything or they literally can't open a browser
1: where a computer can do everything and all you have to do is give it a voice command. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Or it's the exact. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, There's some of that kind of stuff going on
1: or the, the, uh, the enhance, you know, the let's just make pixels pixels out of nothing.
2: (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of stuff where it's like English, please like the nerdy stuff. Um, I think the one that I'm sickest of, and I think because it comes up in like superhero drama a lot is the, you can do this. Like when it works well, it works well like spider-verse right like the we have to talk miles into becoming spider-man basically yeah. at the end of it and like you kind of they, they do the reverse psychology bit this that and the other thing i think it's become very very overdone in all of these shows now and i'm sure we're about to see it with kamala khan where she's gonna have like a crisis of faith and then suddenly find her power and then you know the third act and i'm like yeah
1: save the yeah. world via pep talk kind of thing
2: Basically, yeah. Like, there's always somebody who gets to like talk to the hero and convince them to like they're good enough to go and be the hero that they are. And it's like, can we not just have them self assure or like self actualize themselves as opposed to like have a mentor pep talk them or like a their love interest pep talk them or something like that? I don't know. Yeah. Like I guess that I wrote a bunch of these at the end. The first two were like big. <laughs> it was really annoying me, but like <laughs> the other stuff, I'm like, and I, I, I was like, I didn't read. I didn't listen to the old episodes. So I'm like, I don't know what we talked about. I'm sure it was a bunch of stuff that I bitched about back then. That still applies today.
1: There were, there were some that I was like, uh, the, the big one that I almost said in this episode that, but that we went over at length last time was romantic plot tumor, which still happens. That <laughs> was, we'll one that I, was happen. I was
2: actually thinking about that one again today. It was like, do we need to be doing like romantic plot tumor stuff yeah. still? Like even now, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway,
1: there there's a lot of series that are avoiding that now. Like, you know, it's not ev- it used to be every fucking series yeah. or movie there would have to be a forced love angle or whatever in and I would say, you know, maybe 25-30% of genre stuff is avoiding it now, which is nice, but you know, it's, it's still I think like it could be less than 50% and I would be still I would I would prefer that.
2: <laughs> yeah, if I didn't see a love interest in a Marvel thing for the next like batch of stuff, I'd be pretty happy actually. Yeah. yeah. So
1: yeah, especially uh, Evangeline Lily. Get rid of her. Scott yeah. could do better. Like we said, who did they just cast? And we
2: were like, I was all excited about. Oh, it was a uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Was like, oh yeah, a cast yeah. Or something. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be more interested in watching her than actually, I would have been more interested in watching her than Evangeline Lily from the beginning. Which is a, mm-hmm. exactly what I think I said last week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> do you want to wrap up there then? Since it sounds like we're kind sure, of, yeah, out. I've got more, but I think we could easily do another iteration yeah, of this, or, yeah. and another time. So. All right, cool. So we will finish up this episode with our final segment, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might like. Uh, Paul, what's your Geek Cred for this one?
0: The new Mitski album is out. It's called Laurel Hell, and it's 33 minutes of anxious indie rock sadness. So if you're into... Um, some of the songs were co-written by the dude from Semisonic. Yeah, it's that's uh, awesome. Part more cohesive but maybe less adventurous album for Mitski but it's I've listened to it a couple times and I really like it. It's good. And if you like sadness and music then this is a good 33 minutes for you. It's good stuff. So listen to Laurel Hell by Mitski. Yeah,
1: I've heard the single off it a couple times on Satellite Radio and I like the single so far. I haven't listened to the whole album
0: yet. Ooh, which one? The Only Heartbreaker? Was it that
1: I one? Think I think I I never actually like check the screen to see what is playing um, i just know that i've heard the same one a couple of times
0: yeah the only heartbreaker is the one that is was written alongside the guy from Semisonic, sonic which whose name i never remember but it's fine dan, um, wilson. dan wilson dan wilson yes that song has been getting some some good it was number one on the indie rock radio charts and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah music streaming services are all screaming that song at me right now.
2: So yeah, it's been it's pretty popular. Very, yeah. It's, it's very good. It's very, 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 yes. It, very, it is very the only
1: heartbreaker that we've been hearing. It's uh very, got a very new A eighties vibe to it. Very much. Yes. Yeah. So that's mine. Cool. Uh, Mark, what's your geek code for this week?
2: Go yeah, similarly go listen to some music, but it's Danko Jones I want to recommend mostly for his Twitter feed actually right now because <laughs> he's been he's been on fucking fire just like screaming what, at the edge vaxxers and I'm just like I'm I'm here for the Mango Kid just like in the flu trucks. hot clan. fire like yes at the flu trucks clan just <laughs> he's been on fire this week with the good shit so like go yeah, first of all go follow Danko on fucking Twitter because like very entertaining right now. And also, like, go give him some listens. He needs some money. He hasn't been on the to tour for, like, two years. I wish he could get out and tour. I'd go see Danko. I think it was awesome. So, yeah, he puts on a good show, for sure. It's an amazing show. So, yeah, go see Danko or listen to Danko, because Danko's, like, doing the good work on fucking Twitter. he has been very entertaining calling everybody out the last couple of weeks as these fucking dumb shit truckers have driven from Toronto to Ottawa and then realized that, you know, the people who put the policies in place that they're against are in Ottawa they're provincial and they need to go back to Toronto. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but yeah, go listen to Danko. Also, they had an album come out not so long ago called power trio. I may have recommended it at the time. It's pretty good. Actually. I always like Danko Jones though. It's fun. Like, I mean, it's not, you're not thinking about it real hard, but you're bopping your head. So there you go.
1: I'm just looking at his, I I just did follow him. because I hadn't been following him yet. I'm just like, one of his, one of his beats from today, which is uh, protect healthcare workers in Toronto from these needle dicks. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
2: pulling well, no punches i mean he, Danko's one of those guys like i remember i think i told a story about josh hami getting into a fight or like beating the shit out of somebody in a crowd for yeah. being a dick Danko's a guy who will like if you chirp him from the crowd he will jump well back in the day anyway he probably wouldn't now like i'm sure I'd he's put good. his
1: back out, back out if he did it now
2: because he's probably. an older man now but like back in the day <laughs> he would totally fucking jump off the goddamn stage and come at you so <laughs> i don't know i was like Danko, good times
1: all right, so I will finish off by recommending some comics. I'm going to recommend a three issue miniseries, Robin and Batman, which was written by Jeff Lemire and paint, painted art by Dustin Nguyen. Uh, DC seems to be doing a lot of stories right now focused on the various Robins. Um, this one in particular depicts like sort of a very, like he kind of year one uh, Dick Grayson as Robin, sort of trying to find his own way and like direct his. It, it's a, got a lot of like his inner emotional turmoil like dealing with the death of his parents and like how to direct that anger like, mm-hmm. but would do it in a way that doesn't result in him becoming bruce like becoming all like cold and withdrawn like bruce did yeah um so kind of finding that balance and uh, killer croc is the villain in it and they kind of retcon in the animated series origin for killer croc where he was like a, a circus sideshow yeah but he was a circus sideshow in the same circus that the flying grayson's were in and so they have Ooh. like that that connection See,
2: this is like that's a little small universe thing that would like kind of drives me nuts where it's like <laughs> why did time in
1: but i guess it is but it works like it because that that had always been an element or one you know in <laughs> yeah, both various characters. iterations had been an element of both characters so like that's one at least where the it's and it's jeff lemire right he's just fucking, yeah. like just fantastic writer so he picked up Oh yeah, both of these characters, you know, probably would have been in touring circuses around the same time, so yeah. maybe they interacted with each other. That makes sense cuz
0: how many touring circuses are there? Like that, exactly. that's something I can play I mean, into because there's yeah. like maybe two touring circuses that still exist in the world, like yeah. Cirque du Soleil and does that even brothers? Or I whatever. guess it does. Eh? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, the
1: Well, they they they'll go somewhere and like stay there for like a couple of months, kind of thing, and then go yeah. on to the next town. But yeah, yeah Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. They have, I remember when they were on for shows. a while;
2: it was a pain in the ass because they were like right down on the waterfront, right by the, like where Budweiser stages, mm, and like yeah. that's where like Ivory concert happens all summer. So you'd have Cirque du Soleil happening every night. So yeah, that track on, is always on going near,
1: on. place.
2: Plus CNE, and then like, oh, I want to go see. Whatever band's playing at Budweiser Stage that week, which is always somebody, and then you're stuck in traffic, and it sucks. So
1: it'll it'll always be the most Canadian amphitheater in my heart. Yeah, I always
2: call I always think of it as the amphitheater, but like I, I don't know if people will know it if I say that anymore because it's been Budweiser Stage for almost a decade, I think, maybe more than a decade now. Actually, we're so old, guys.
1: <laughs> what a great way to finish the episode, Mark.
2: Just old. I mean, I was bitching about music again. So like, there's. <laughs> Yeah. I'm in old man mode right now, anyway.
1: All right. So, with that, we will finish off this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you have anything you would like to tell us about the stuff we talked about tonight, you know, any of the news or any of the tropes that we brought up or tropes that you hate that we didn't talk about, you can do so on our Facebook page, which is facebook.comslash dance robot dance podcast. You can email us at dance for robot dance podcast at gmail.com. We, we check that maybe monthly. I check uh, you it can... like
2: more regularly now uh, <laughs> since the unfortunate problems we had at the beginning of the year. So Just
1: the 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 reclamation, let's call it. Now that I'm logged
2: back into it for the first time in like two years, <laughs> then yeah, I have mm-hmm. been looking at it a little bit more often.
1: You can tweet at us at drd underscore podcast. You can tweet at me directly at drd underscore tim. You can tweet at Mark at m underscore And if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, that other service that I don't want to mention until yep. they fucking get rid of Joe Rogan. And uh, most other places that podcasts can be found. If you want to like download our episodes directly, you can do so on Podbean, our new hosting service. Still, still pretty new. Only been there for a month. All right. With that, we will say good night. Say good night, Paul. Good night, everyone. Say good night, Mark. Good night, everybody. And this is Tim saying, let's just hit the reset button. And we'll just pretend this episode never happened.
2: Uh, <laughs> done. I will not put this out. Bye.